Hi, welcome to Happier Ladies, a podcast where we discuss all things related to the Happier and Happier in Hollywood podcast. We're sisters and super fans who can't get enough happier. So we created our own podcast to keep the conversation going. I'm Malika Amandi, a SoCal native living in Western Massachusetts, a new mom and an entrepreneur. I'm here with my sister, Azizi Williams. That's me. I live and work in the LA area. I'm a not-so-new mom, and I'm an education professional in the independent school world. Azizi, there's something I've been meaning to tell you. What, Malika? I have been seeing angel numbers everywhere, almost every hour. What? We talked about angel numbers in episode one. Angel numbers are when you see the same number, either 111 or 222, somewhere in your orbit. And each number has a significance or is supposed to mean something special, something like that's affirming or empowering. On Thursday at work, I saw 222. And then I saw 333, 444. Wow. All on the same day? Yes. On the way home, 555. Wow. I'm not looking for these. I'm not like always studying the clock. They just catch you. I can't believe it. I am so jealous. How dare you? I still haven't seen any. I feel like maybe I said this last time. I need to set my alarm so at least I can just see it. It's like a shooting star. It never happens for me. So I've been seeing them on the clock a lot. But then also, I think my Starbucks payment thing on my phone, it was $4.44 left. It's just happening out there. I don't remember what they all mean. So I just made a page in my planner to jot down notes for each one so I can refer to it when it happens and remember. I think there's a lot of different meanings for them. I think if you look at different sources, they're going to say different things. So you should decide what you think they mean. And then that's what it means. I think that's how that works. You could come up with a meaning for them. Yes. Very true. It's very cool. You text me sometimes throughout the week. And I'm just like, what? How can I keep missing it? <laughs> what am I doing wrong? I don't know. What happened in Happier this week, Malika? So on Happier episode 467, Gretchen and Liz discuss the benefits of treating yourself like a professor the value of signing up for a newsletter, and they offer suggestions to listeners on how to get in more writing for write 24. So writing 24 minutes or two to four minutes. Or two plus four minutes. Or two plus four minutes. I really appreciate the treat yourself like a toddler, treat yourself like a pet. Now treat yourself like a professor. And I think this professor suggestion really leans into supporting our gifts and contributions. If we're going to teach something or offer something to others, what do we need ourselves to sustain that capacity? So I really love the idea of giving yourself a grant to do something that's going to support your growth in some way. They shared an example of a friend who gave himself a grant of $500 to pay for coffee shops so that he could always go to a coffee shop and get work done and know that that was supported. And I think just that terminology Mm -hmm. of a grant for yourself, it gives it a totally different vibe than I'm going to have a budget item for coffee shops. So I love that idea. And I think maybe we could give ourselves a grant to go to a podcasting conference. (gasps) Yes. Ooh, I like this. Yes. Let's give ourselves a grant. 
You know what it is? Another way of treating ourselves like a professor, I was just thinking, this is professional development. Teachers have professional development budgets. And we should also have a grant for a professional development budget. Absolutely. Let's do a podcast retreat. That would be fun. Have you ever given yourself a grant, Azizi? I don't think so. And especially not with this language and with this intention, which is exciting. I do like a retreat. At work, I like a retreat. We have retreats at the beginning of the school year. It's like an extended meeting or a whole day where you get to do a deep dive into something. And I have in my 24 for 24 a gratitude retreat. So maybe I can get a grant for that. Yeah. Like, how are you going to make it fun and a little bit luxe? Actually, you know what? So when you are getting a grant, you have to write down and document what your goals and intentions are. I think that would help me get so much more out of this experience anyway. So maybe I'll take some time to write a proposal as though I'm writing a grant for my gratitude retreat. I think it's fun. And it's true. Write that proposal. Submit your receipts to yourself. Leave that part out. But the writing the proposal is making me excited to help me frame what it is I want to get out of it. That's fun. Azizi, what happened on Happier in Hollywood? In Happier in Hollywood, episode 351, Sarah and Liz had a realization about giving feedback on work. They share their plans for No Spend February. They suggest creating a tagline for your project. And Sarah offers a hack related to your smartwatch. I know that we've already discussed this and now everyone is discussing it. And I want to discuss it just one more time briefly. The whole no spend February concept. And you all know that I just completed a no spend January. And I get excited when they are all sharing their ideas and what their parameters are going to be and what they hope to get out of it. So at the end of no spend January, I have been really thinking about how am I going to enter back into the spending world? If anything, I want to take with me into the rest of the year or what habits do I want to change around my spending? And for me, I still want to have some parameters around my spending. And what I'm going to try is to have a one day a month where I can spend. So identify ahead of time what day of the month it's going to be. And then on that day, I can reevaluate the things that I put off or the things that I really need. And I can feel free to buy the things that I need. But that forces me to slow down and to not spend on the other days and to have to wait until the next month. And then by then I can determine if I still really need it. So I'm going to see how that feels and if that makes a difference for me. Wow, that's a pretty big commitment and also a big departure from your previous lifestyle. It is a big departure. You know, I'm an overbuyer, but I'm also an abstainer. Knowing that the overbuying can sometimes get out of hand or it can create anxiety, it can be expensive. And knowing that I'm an abstainer, trying to use that tendency, that aspect to help make it less stressful. And then the other thing I will say, and I so relate to Sarah, I have been known to spend money at 12 a.m. as I'm going to bed. And more than once, Malika, I've ended up with duplicates of something, especially around the holidays. And it's because I lost track and because it was late and I was not paying attention the way that I should. So I'm going to try no spending after 11 p.m. I should be in bed anyway by 1030, right? So who's spending when you're already sleeping? So that shouldn't be so hard. I just needed a reminder for myself. That's great. I look forward to hearing updates on these. It's a journey. 
So the other thing that resonated with me in this episode was the choose a tagline for projects. I love this idea. I thought it was brilliant because words evoke feelings. Words have a meaning. And what I have found when we have to come up with the name of an event or project that I'm doing at work, it pays off to spend time thinking about what words you want to put around it because that's then what everybody else says and it gets repeated and maybe it's going to be a tradition and it's going to get repeated in that way for years. Even the event has a name, but then there can also be these other sets of words that maybe it's just internal, maybe it doesn't get shared widely but to further define the feelings that you want to evoke with that activity, with that project, with that event. Norm and I do this whenever we take a trip and I just say like, okay, what are your three words for this trip? And we like to make up words also. We went to Hawaii a few years ago and we both had three different words, but one of them was rest, connect, and savor. And so that became Ricosa which is just like the first syllable of each of those words. But that was the word we kept saying to each other. It's a made up word, but it held the meaning of those three intentions. And that became the mantra. Like when one of us was getting, usually me, fussy about something or (laughs) irritable, it's like ricosa. And I think the other person's word was experience, rest, and connect. So that was ex rico. So it was this refrain, ricosa, ex rico, which, okay, that's not what they're talking about in terms of the tagline, but it's the same idea of setting an intention for an experience and then reinforcing that by having language for it throughout the experience. You do have a special relationship with words that I don't share. That's amazing to make up whole words. I applaud you on that. And I get comfort from the words that we already use. I feel like there are so many words already to help describe feelings and emotions. I'm delighted by your making up of words to further that. So something I thought we could do is we have this family reunion coming up. Our family reunion, it's intense. It's a whole episode to talk about everything there is to know about the way our family does a reunion. But it's every other year, and this year it's going to be in D.C., which is a big deal because we don't actually have a lot of family that live there. So we're all descending on D.C. to have an educational experience and to connect with family. And I think it would be fun to have a tagline for that trip that we're going to do. Yeah. Do you have any ideas? Well, I think something about heritage, because I know we're going to go to the African-American Museum, and that will be a big piece of the weekend, experiencing the history in that institution and connecting to our legacy as Black people in America. Mm -hmm. So I think there should be something around connecting to heritage. There's something about heritage and legacy, but also family history and legacy. It's like... Our history and our legacy. Hopefully, there'll be fun mm-hmm. and culture, right? Fun culture mm-hmm. connection, also. We have to come up with something that evokes all of those feelings and activities. Let's think on it and let's talk more about our family reunion. It's coming up in July. I think it'll be fun to share, do a little deep dive. Okay, that sounds good. We'll have a tagline by then. Our next segment is From the Archives, where we go deep into the vault of the Happier Canyon and reflect on an idea that's resonating now. And the idea that we want to reflect on is Embrace the Cheese from Episode 161. 
Azizi, remind us, what does embrace the cheese mean? Yes. What does embrace the cheese mean? Embrace the cheese was a phrase that Liz came up with. And she came up with it after reflecting on an experience she had with her husband on Valentine's Day. The story was her babysitter said, hey, I have some time. I can babysit for you guys on Valentine's Day, February 14th in the evening. And then Liz thought, well, I guess I should plan something. We should do something if we have this gift of babysitting. And then Liz made the effort to book a massage for her and her husband and to plan dinner for her and her husband. And they did this. They got the massage. They felt great. They had a lovely dinner. And then her husband, who was moved by the fact that she made these efforts to get the massage and to get the dinner, gave her a gift. And she said she was not expecting the gift. It was a surprise. And she was so delighted and moved by his effort. And then the result of that was they had this lovely evening. And so she learned that even though it's cheesy to do something on Valentine's Day and to celebrate in traditional or cliche kind of ways, you should just embrace it. If it makes you feel good and if it supports your relationships, you should just embrace it even though it's cheesy. And for me, when I heard this episode all those years ago, it unlocked something because I feel like especially in L.A., There can be a lot of cynicism around holidays and traditional things and a lot of just feeling like I'm too cool for this or you're not cool if you want to lean into something like Valentine's Day. But it gave me permission to embrace the cheese in all aspects, not just Valentine's Day. But if there are other holidays or other kinds of things, even though they're cliche, to do it with gusto if it makes me feel good and if it strengthens my relationships. So that's something that I took away. Even if it's corny, don't feel bad about leaning into it. I remember this episode very clearly too. And I think it has become trendy to be down on Valentine's Day, especially if you're not in a relationship. And I think at the time when I heard this, I wasn't in a relationship and it gave me permission to feel like, yeah, embrace the cheese. Do what makes me feel good on this holiday. And I just like it because it celebrates love. Why not have a day when you want to celebrate love? No, you don't need a day on the calendar. But if there is one, why not? Go for it. Right? In whatever way that you want to be affectionate, lavish yourself or your friends or sweetheart and... I think particularly in the realm of friendship, it just feels so good to be thought of by a friend, Mm. no matter what the day is. Mm -hmm. I like leaning into this, embracing the cheese by doing some Valentine's Day decorating, which I've been doing for the last few years. Mm -hmm. And I already put out some things at the end of January, nothing major, a wreath and some garlands, few mugs. And I also would like to send a couple cards to friends. So this is aspirational because I haven't done it yet. Getting the stamp and the mail and there's a lot of pieces, but I am a stationary lover. I have a ton of stationery and cards and things. I enjoy getting personal mail and it feels good to send mail knowing that it's going to be something out of the ordinary for someone. So those are some ways that I like to embrace the cheese. How about you, Azizi? Well, just on what you said with sending letters, It's completely unexpected and that's whimsical. I think I'm remembering that Gretchen sends a Valentine's Day card or she used to send a Valentine's Day card, which I always thought was such a good idea instead of the holiday card to give yourself more time. This reminds me of what would happen in our homes when we were kids. And that was our dad would give us a Valentine's Day gift every year. As a kid, 
I was so excited and looked forward to this. And there's just something really special about strengthening even that relationship between a parent and a child with a small gift to remind them that I love you. And so this was something that was important to me with my girls. And I always make sure to give them a gift, a small gift and a card. And it's just another opportunity to formally say I love you and that I care about our relationship, just a small gift moment. So that's something that I'm thinking about and that I will do. And the other thing that last year, I gave a small gift to everyone at work on Valentine's Day. And I think I want to do that again. I mean, real small. What was it? It was a little tiny bottle of hand cream that had different scents. And the packaging was brightly colored bottle. And so it could fit in their mailboxes. It's the idea of, you know, when you were a kid and you would do those little Valentine's. Oh, yeah. It's something that can fit in the palm of your hand. It's really small. And why do we stop doing that as adults? Let's, I like to continue those kinds of traditions because it makes you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's fun to put something in somebody's cubby. Right? (laughs) In their little mailboxes. Oh, I love that. I love that. So our next segment is Shortcut to Happy, where we share a simple strategy that will make you happier. So I want to offer an action plan for being stood up. Nobody likes to be stood up by a date or a friend. And I'm the type of person that if I have a plan to do something fun, I really look forward to it. And, you know, I think most people do, right? If you if you make plans, you want to do them. But I used to take it really personally if somebody backed out of a plan at the last minute. I experienced this quite a bit when I was single and dating especially doing online dating, just a lot of flakes out there. I had this experience of getting ready, taking a bubble bath, pampering myself, makeup, really doing all these things leading up to a fun date night. And then right before I left the house, I'd get a text that the other person wasn't going to make it. This happened more than once. And it's just the worst feeling. So, you know, after it happened a couple of times, I made a personal policy to myself that I would just always follow through and keep the date. So I was all dressed up. So then I would go to the same restaurant where we had made a plan or I would go see the movie by myself. Mm. And it was really empowering. I got very good at being out by myself. And it also just kept me from feeling sorry for myself. I was still having a night out and opening Mm. myself up to an adventure. Maybe I would meet someone else. Sometimes I'd reach out to another friend or something for a spontaneous get together. But often I would just strike out on my (laughs) own. And it definitely kept me from feeling like my enjoyment was being sabotaged by somebody else's circumstances. This happened Pretty recently Mm. with a friend, she had a family emergency come up, totally legitimate, but I was already ready. I had childcare worked out. This was my night of the week. So I just Mm -hmm. followed through. I Mm -hmm. went to the bar restaurant where we were planning to meet. I brought my planner, which I had with me because it was coming after work. And I just had a nice time playing around with my washi tape and, you know, doing my little solo things with a cocktail. And I had a fun evening. The action plan for being stood up is to stick with the plan. Have you ever had any experience where you've been stood up? Yes. I mean, first of all, I love this idea. This is a reminder to love yourself. You make a plan with someone and it's to strengthen that relationship or to get to know someone to maybe develop a relationship. 
But like you say, if it doesn't pan out for that other person to join you, then it's an opportunity to love yourself and to do something for yourself. And you have that space already set aside. So why not continue to have an adventure alone, even if the other person couldn't join you? It's funny, Malika, you know, you and I were single around the same time. And or we were online dating around the same time would share experiences and things like that. I certainly had my share of being stood up. I actually have a funny story from my first date with my now husband. So the way that I managed this phenomenon, the way that I protected myself, knowing that going into a first encounter with someone, a number of things could happen that were out of my control or that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. I would plan to meet with someone around a thing that I already had to do. I had to do work or if I was going to be in the side of town, I would try to plan it so that I wasn't really going out of my way. It was something that I was probably going to be in that area already or it wasn't going to be inconvenient for me. So I had planned to have dinner with my husband, who I was just getting to know, and it was going to be our first date. It was going to be after a work event that I had that evening. And it turned out that the work event ended early. And I was so sure that he wasn't going to come anyway. I just kind of texted him. and was like, hey, I'm out early now. I'm going to be at the restaurant at this time. If you're still up for it, why don't you meet me at this time now? This was like maybe 45 minutes earlier than when we were initially going to meet. But because I was so sure he wasn't coming anyway, I was like, oh, this is not going to be a big deal. It's not going to happen anyway. And it happened to be the kind of restaurant where you get in line and you order the food and you pay and then the food comes to you. And so I just got in line when I got there and I got the food and I paid for my food and I sat down. And I just started eating because I was so sure he wasn't. I know. It's terrible. I was so sure he wasn't coming. And then he came and he had flowers wow. and he was so confused. Oh, are we having a date? <laughs> I was really speechless. That's how sure I was that it wasn't going to pan out. And we had a date oh, and man. it was a lovely date and it was an amazing date. But it's a funny story of our first date that I talk about because I was so ready to just have a great time on my own. And luckily he came. I think for this hack, you have to actually be stood up first before you follow through. That's a good point. Don't <laughs> pretend that you are stood up before you're actually stood up. You're right. You should hope and wait for the plan to actually carry out. Yeah. That's funny. Well, I'm glad it turned out well for you both. So am I. And Malika, this is yet another segment that we can have another time about lessons learned from online dating for anyone who wants to know. We could have a whole different podcast. We could have a whole different podcast. We really could. We know a lot about it. Well, now it's time for peaks and valleys, because in life, there are always peaks and valleys. This is an odd episode. So Malika does a peak and I will do a valley. This week, I found Top Chef Season 20 streaming online. I am a really big Top Chef fan, and I kind of always end up watching them later because I don't have cable, and I just kind of figure it out when it's available after the fact. But I've seen all 19 seasons. Wow. It's just such an inspiring show. I love the format. I love the fact that this is a reality TV show that actually has a real-time impact on the industry. It's actually pushing innovation forward mm -hmm. in the food industry. So it's not a gimmicky thing. The alumni from the shows go on to do great things and are recognized by the top food people. It's I feel very inspired and excited about the franchise. And this season, they have this international twist where instead of it 
taking place in the United States and just doing the finale internationally. The whole season is set in London and the contestants are all Top Chef winners or finalists from the Top Chef shows in other countries. So it's a cast of champions. They're all winners already in their own right. And it's just such a fun treat to watch because they're so good at what they're doing. And there's also this level of just camaraderie and respect, respecting everybody's different culture. And I often tear up in the episodes. (laughs) (laughs) but Malika I feel like I've heard you say this about other seasons and well the thing is each season is better than the last they really do top themselves and the caliber of the chefs keeps increasing different seasons have their charm or whatever but it just doesn't disappoint it never disappoints I'm so glad you get to have this and that you've discovered this is part of your identity you are a top chef fan something to add to the list i am that's so cool and i try to watch it maybe i'll try again and when i'm watching it i do get sucked in but it's just so intense it's so intense for me i care so much about them all it could be a little much for me but it's a good show i agree with you Azizi, what's your valley? My valley is an Instacart fail that I had just a couple days ago i'm a very busy woman you are especially these days So I am sometimes grocery shopping in line somewhere else. I love Instacart. I rely on it so that I can keep the necessities coming even when I don't have time to actually go out and shop. So I made a grocery order. I did it like at lunchtime at work. And then when I got home, my husband picks up my daughter. And so he was in the kitchen and I was expecting to see the groceries. And I said, what happened to the groceries? Where are they? He's like, I don't know. The groceries didn't come. I was like, are you sure? And both of us went outside. We looked at the door. We, you know, we looked around the house. Could they have been anywhere else? No groceries. And then they often will send you a picture of the delivery so you could see the groceries in front of your door. And there was a picture, but it was from way far away. He was like in the street. And so when I looked at the picture, you couldn't see any groceries. And so I just thought, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, no order. Something happened. I was so frustrated. I got online and chatted with their customer service. They asked me a bunch of questions. They were super helpful. And they said, you know what, we're going to make this right. We're going to send you the order the next week. I was like, great. So then the day is going on into the evening. I'm having dinner. My daughter comes out and she's like, oh, mom, I put the groceries away for you. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) She's like, oh, yeah, when I got home, I put the groceries away for you. Wait, but, but Grayson said there were no groceries. Apparently. She did it so quickly and so efficiently, he did not know or see that there were any groceries. And so he was convinced groceries didn't come. I was convinced groceries didn't come. And I never thought to ask my daughter, hey, did you see the groceries? So I felt so bad for Instacart and for making those assumptions. And so I'm sharing that valley with you all so you can not make the same mistake. And just stop and ask everyone in the house first. Did the groceries come? That's amazing. She was so fast and so helpful. So helpful. At putting everything away that you didn't even know the food was there in the cabinet. As soon as she came in, she did it. And before Grayson could even notice. So all of that frustration and angst could have been quickly resolved if I had just slowed down and, and talked to everyone. You never know. Who knows what? Well... It's like a valley, but it's also kind of a peak for Sinai. 
It is a peak for Sanaya. You're right. Yeah, she takes care of things. She's very helpful. She's helpful with the groceries, with the dishwasher, walking the dog. She takes care of things. So, And it's hard sometimes to remember that just because I'm not home doesn't mean things aren't being taken care of, you know, (laughs) or well run. So I'm proud of that. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode. Azizi, let's leave on a happier thought. What are you going to try this week? Malika, I'm going to try to do what I said I'm going to do, which is stick to a one day a month spend and no spending after 11. I'm going to really put my focus and attention on that. What about you, Malika? What are you going to try? I want to do some cards for Valentine's Day. So I still have almost two weeks. I'm going to get my ducks in a row so that those get there on time. Well, I look forward to a card. (laughs) oh okay (laughs) just saying (laughs) well thank you so much for listening to this episode if you like us rate review tell a friend and follow us send us a message at happierladies at gmail.com and tell us something you liked about happier and happier hollywood this week our show was edited by magnus bjorgum and our theme music was created by wyatt muncie And we also want to give a special shout out to Gretchen Rubin, Liz Kraft, and Sarah Fain for inspiring our conversation each week. You can find us on Instagram at happierladies and on the web at happierladies.com where you can find our show notes. All right, Azizi. Have a happier week. Have a happier week, Malika. Bye. Bye. Do you have have any ideas? (laughs) (laughs) Jinx.